Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Coaches Podcast with your hosts as always, Steve Pintado and my main man, Jibs Curtis. What's going on, Jibs? How you guys doing today? Oh, we got a nice special podcast for you. Me and Jibs are both together today. Unlike our normal routine, we're here watching some preseason football, watching uh, you know Daniel Jones going 5 for 5 and a touchdown early. Uh, it's a great time of year right now, isn't it, Jibs? Yeah, Dave Gettleman's crying in his sleep right now. <laughs> he is he's crying in his sleep, He's yeah. crying laughing. He's loving it. But, you know, we're here again today to talk about the NFC West, the loss of our divisional breakdown. We're real excited about it. And we got a brand new segment for you guys today. It's our coaches, Bolton Board, where we have listeners come and give us their questions on fantasy football related, and we answer them. So the first question today is from, our, from Mr. Rishi Paul Singh from New York, a Hoboken area, as he claims in his email. Um, his question is, guys, hey, coaches, who do you like better between David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell? Well, that's a great question. Jibs, what do you, what's your take on that? I'm taking Le... Um, no, I'm not taking Le'Veon Bell. I like... <laughs> I'm taking David Johnson. David Johnson. Why do you like David Johnson better than Le'Veon Bell? Well, these guys are both former fantasy heavyweight champions at the position. But recent NFL news like Melvin Gordon and Zeke holding out have pushed their ADPs from the end of the first round to the middle of the round one. I know it's hard to forget David Johnson's magical 2016 season or Leigh Bell's production from Pittsburgh, but a lot has happened since three years ago. So I'll start with some of the risks associated with every, each player. Lev hasn't played since 2017. He's currently on everyone's favorite coach's team, a.k.a. the New York Jets. Adam Gase mm. coaching in Miami had the fewest plays per game. If you combine that with the fact that Le'Veon Bell and his three good years in Pittsburgh besides for his short 2017 season, had the following below. 2017, he had 321 rushes, 85 catches. That's 406 total touches. I'll save you the rest, but he averaged about 290 rushes per year, and then he had 81 catches per year, making that 370 touches per game, or per year. Then, like, if you take those two years in uh, Miami when Adam Gase coached those uh, Dolphins down there, Frank Gore had 42% of the rushing attempts. That's 156 carries last year with Kenyon Drake doing uh, 120 rushing attempts. It's not a much. There's 371 total rush attempts. But Adam Gase likes to split his carries a lot, so... You're kind of getting yourself in the mixed bag. So that's one reason why I don't like Lloyd Bell. Um, DJ, there's a new coach in town, so we're kind of in the dark about the potential with the Arizona Cardinals offense. DJ last year, I know he was coming back in the mix from his uh, wrist injury, but he averaged a measly uh, 3.6 yards per carry. He had the lion's share and the volume of the the whole offense. He had 72% of the rushing attempts. But the good news is that he's the main back in the offense. There's no one that's going to surprise him and take that much work away from him. If the air raid offense works, and that could jump the Cardinals offense definitely in the top 10 of the league. Um, They were second to last in 2018. I'll add that. Plus, uh, I believe because Cliff Kingsbury would uh, utilize David Johnson more instead of like running him into a stack box of eight like linebackers and safeties. And he'd probably get him out of space and screens, and I have him short passes like he did in like 2016 with the screens and all that. And like last year he was RB nine, he was on the most trash offense in the league. 
So, like, with any sort of increase or any sort of productivity on the Cardinals offense, boom, you got the top five RB. Maybe he could be RB1. You never know just because of the volume. Damn, what a mind-blown, Jibs. Like, wow. A lot of stats, a lot of things to talk about at once, guys. Uh, Jibs, I couldn't agree more with you. I'm all about the David Johnson train. I love him. Uh, I think this new air raid offense that King King Kingsbury is bringing into this team is going to really open up things. Um, Harold Murray is going to spread the ball around. He's definitely going to be someone that the defense is going to have to watch and give David Johnson the opportunity to, you know, get out in the open, make a run play here and there. Um, Definitely going with David Johnson. Uh, I think Le'Veon Bell might have more. I think he has the opportunity just like David Johnson, but I don't think that Adam Gates is going to utilize him the right way, and they're going to end up throwing the ball more to get that Sam Donald level up that everyone's expecting in New York. So for Reich, go with David Johnson. Save Le'Veon Bell. Leave him on the draft board. Should be okay with that. So getting into our next segment... Um, got some news going on, a lot of news going on, especially with preseason happening tonight. Uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, Jibs, why don't you let the uh, listeners know what's going on first? So, if, I don't know if you guys saw the article on our uh, website, thefantasycoaches.com, but uh, my main man, uh, Steve, he had an article about David Johnson being traded. So you guys Duke should, Johnson. Oh, Duke Johnson. Sorry, Duke Johnson being traded. So you guys should check that out. Um, Besides that, uh, Antonio Brown's uh, foot injury looks like it's going to cause some serious concern and make him miss time. Uh, Damian Williams did return to practice. Jared McKinnon had uh, some swelling in his knee, and he's going to be out for two weeks, I believe they were saying, out optimistically. So. He might be on the IR at the beginning of the season, so um, he's definitely someone at this point, it looks like you're not going to de- draft him for sure. Um, he's definitely definitely stay away from him because he's probably going to be on the short term IR list to begin the season. Um, then, anything what else? Uh, Jermaine Curse. Jermaine Curse actually just got hurt and broke his leg. Uh, Lions fourth receiver at this point. Probably not much relevance there, but we just learned about that today while watching the amazing preseason football. Um, to go back on the Duke Johnson trade, um, I did also just like I said I did write an article on our website about. Uh, Duke Johnson going. If you guys had any concern about Nick Chubb in the second round, that's gone. Nick Chubb is definitely going to get all the carries. Solidified. <laughs> He's solidified. He's going to have the ball to him at least the first eight weeks of the season before Cream Hunt comes back. You shouldn't have to worry about it. On the other side of the ball, um, you know, I think Duke Johnson gets a slight bump up um, because Lamar Miller isn't a catch uh pass catcher he's only averaged about 30 uh 30 targets in a season and while duke johnson's averaged 75 in the season so you have to know hope that they're they traded him so they have a different dimension on their offense when it comes to passing plays or you know third down conversions you know he's going to be on the field there and that brings me into my lamar miller point lamar miller is dropping now i had him rising as soon as uh uh, Foreman got released, but he's dropping again for me, uh, especially in standard leagues uh, and PPR leagues. They're just, I don't think he has the value anymore because I think Duke Johnson's going to, you know, take a big chunk of those away. And um, for the receivers, it shouldn't be any change that they're all great players you want to draft at some point. Um, I actually heard out there at one point that someone said that Duke Johnson's going to be the number two receiver basically on the team. That's not happening. <laughs> That's definitely Wild. not happening. Wild. But. Um, 
you know, draft draft uh, Chubb, don't draft Lamar. If you're in a 12-man or more, Duke Johnson's not a bad PPR option late in drafts. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. You know what? Like, I, I think Duke Johnson probably had a cat his, like, whole house packed up in a U-Haul. He was just out. He was like, oh, I got something to Houston, he was like, oh, Deshaun Watson, oh, my God. Like, he was gone. He's, like, he's been waiting to get out of there. Oh, man, good for him, though. He, he wanted the trade, and he got his trade. He just now, now, he's, now he needs to shut up and get the actual job done and play football and maybe be in all fantasy teams this year. Yeah, I, I just don't know. Like, he still wasn't a good, like, prime position in the great offense. But to each his own, so. Well, it is what it is. Um but let's get into our main segment of the afternoon or night, wherever you guys might be out in the world. Um, the NFC West division breakdown, the last one we have to do this year, um, and it's a lot of fun. And since we kind of already talked about David Johnson, let's get right into the Arizona Cardinals to start with. Um, what they have going on? Well, they have Kyle Murray, their young, very small, electrifying quarterback. As we explained who David Johnson already was, they also have their receiving core of Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, and Keyshawn Johnson. They almost signed Michael Crabtree this past week, but he didn't want to go there, apparently. He doesn't want a job that badly to sign with the Cardinals. And it's, uh, they have some tight ends there. Mr. Charles Clay, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Maxwell Williams. Uh, Jibs, let's get right into it. Are you taking Kyle Murray at all this year in your fantasy drafts? I will. Where would you take him? Well, it depends, like, on, like, what league format I'm doing. Like, if it's a 12-team league, I'm probably not taking them because I think I'll probably have to, like, pay high to get them. But relatively, like, if I can get them in the ninth round, I mean, the eighth round or something like that, if I was doing it, I could get them, but... I mean, like... I don't think it's, like, worth the price. I, think. I don't think he's worth the price either. Because it's not like the Mahomes situation last year when he was just going, like, in the hundreds or something like that. Yeah. I think people are, like, kind of keen on to, like, getting, like, the next guy. So, like, people are going to, like, probably pay up to get him. Probably. And a lot of people, especially not, like, people in your home leagues are probably going to be like, oh, Kyle Murray, got to draft him, got to draft him now. Um, just sit back on that, like... He's might have he's not, he's gonna have some relevance this season. Definitely, he definitely has his running ability to him. Um, but I might I probably won't take him. Um, I don't really like taking uh, rookie quarterbacks just because you know you don't know what they're going to give you really. He's gonna have his rookie moments where like he throws four interceptions in a game. Like it's just gonna happen. Like I'd rather take someone who you know has more experience, someone who has done it year on year out, and just leave Murray sitting there. Um, yeah, and if you want to be wild, take him. But like take someone to go with him, like a Philip Rivers or like like a Matthew Stafford late, just to have some kind of, like, balance to your team where, like, you're not worrying about, like, God, I have to stop Murray every week. No, you have someone who can put up at least 15 to 20 fantasy points a game for you. But besides that, I mean, I'm not really looking to draft him in my league, so. And to another point, like, instead of, like, drafting two quarterbacks and, like, wasting a bench spot, you could also just look, like, options around him. Like, I, I see, like... Carson kind of goes in the range of him, like Cam Newton, and like I mean, I'm taking Cam and Wentz over these guys. Yeah, for so sure. like, like definitely you should like consider those. Those guys are like veterans, but they do have like their injury woes. So like, just just know who you want. Like if you're all in on them, get them. But like to see how preseason rolls out, and then like then make your decision. 
obviously draft later in the season. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we really need to go into any more detail about David Johnson, really, there, do we? No. Um, you know how I feel. He's going to be a top. He's a first-round pick, guys. Like, he's going to have a great season. He's going to get passing at play. He basically owns the backfield. There's no one on there to really um, compete with him. So Workhorse running back. Exactly. He's going to be someone you're drafting early on. So uh, don't even think twice after the top four running backs go off the board. He's definitely, at this point, running back number five or six in yeah. many eyes, especially in my eyes. And don't, don't get cute. Don't get cute, exactly. So let's go to the receiving core, Jibs, because that's a bigger situation that's going on there because there's old, reliable Larry Fitz. And, uh, and then there's some young guys here. Um, they're all young. They're all young, basically, besides Larry. He's basically their dad. Well, Ferrari. <laughs> so is there anyone you're really taking out of this group? Anyone you like? Out of the group, it's definitely Christian Kirk, just because he has played with uh, Kyler Murray, I believe. And he has a long time ago. A long time ago. So, like, it gives, like, a little edge. And that they have played in, like, similar, like, situations, I guess, offensive. So, like, they probably could get a good feel for each other early. But, um, you know, like, Larry Fitzgerald, he is, like, Mr. Reliable. Yeah. He's that the guy. Like, he, you know he's ancient, but, like. He'll put up 100 some, yards. Yeah, he's some guy who could just roll out and just get you, like, in the PPR league. Don't. I don't think he's reliable in standard leagues, but mm, PPR yeah. leagues. He's a solid wide receiver four in my eyes, that's for sure. Yeah, this year, but like last year, he's a wide receiver 28 in standard. So that, that's not even bad, but, you know. Like, I think the offense got better overall that I think they're going to be yeah, more spread I, out in passes. Yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be something different. So, like, I think everyone's going to get their, like, shared passes. I think Christian Kirk will probably just be, like, he has the, he has the most the highest ceiling. Oh, uh, he definitely does. That's, I think that's uh, he saw it last year. He had a lot of big big play potential for them. So uh, I I do like him as a nice sleeper this year. Again, there's a lot of rookies on this team. Andy and Andy and Isabella. Uh, he's I think he could be a sneaky PPR guy this year. Um, Even Keyshawn Johnson, like he's yeah. he's number three on the depth depth chart right now, and that's a lot. So like he could be like the slot guy, and you never know. Again, I don't think you're drafting a lot of these guys early on, but um, uh, look at look to the mid season where these guys might take over. Like they bring just some different flair to the offense because they're not going to be a good all team. Let's be real, they're not going to put up. You know, they're not going to have a great season, so they're definitely going to get their rookies involved later on after that's like, all right, well, I can't really. We can't really win games, guys. We have to mix things up. So, um, so it's going to be a buffet line. Yeah. So just watch how preseason goes and then pick your favorite exactly. if you even want to do it. Larry and Kirk is the only ones that's real viable to options right this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, tight end position. Um, in my notes, I wrote no value, no worries, guys. Um, Charles Clay had his moments back in Buffalo and Miami, but um, I don't expect much from him. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones never took that next step up. Maybe someone like a Max Williams could step up, and he had a you know he had some potential he saw in Baltimore, but maybe just a change of scenery is good for him. But when it comes to your fantasy drafts this year, guys, just don't worry about them. Not early on. You have to see them actually perform and do something, and I don't think they're going to. Um, definitely someone you're not gonna have to worry about drafting. Don't yeah, even worry about I it. I said it's not worth it online. So yeah, not at all. But you know, that's the Cardinals for you. They have some players that are decent. But um, let's get to one of the big hitters. And let's start with the division champs of last year, the L.A. Rams. Uh, the L.A. Rams have a lot, a lot of fantasy players here. 
especially with their quarterback, Jared Goff. Uh, they have, you know, Todd Gurley, and they have his uh, backups in Malcolm Brown and uh, Daryl Henderson. And then the solid, amazing receiving core of Robert Robert Woods, Brennan Cooks, Cooper Cup. Preach. <laughs> if you want to throw Jalen, uh, Jalen, uh, Josh Re- Re- Reynolds in there, Josh Reynolds in there if you can. And then the tight end position, Gerald uh, Everett. We'll get to him when we get to him. Uh, but, Jibs, let's start with Jared Goff. Um, do you like Jared Goff going into fantasy this year? Because, for me, I'm actually a fan of Jared Goff. I actually do like Jared Goff. I never drafted him before, <laughs> to be <laughs> frankly. And, like, I just kind of never, like, balled on. But, like, just seeing him smack me in a couple games last year, I'm like, damn, it's fucking Jared Goff. Like, I thought it was be an easy game. And, like, nah, I get smacked by him. And he, he does put up quality numbers. And he, he doesn't get, like, the recognition he deserves in drafts, to be honest. Like, he's on a high-potent offense. He's with He has great skill position players. Um, after the failed Jeff experiment, uh, Jeff Fisher experiment. Jeff Fisher. Okay, Jerry Jeff Goff Fisher. has been a QB1, at least top 12 in the last two years. Um, last year was his best year to date. He threw 4,600 yards, basically. We're talking like 32 touchdowns. He threw 12 picks as well. And like I've been doing some mocks recently, and I he's a QB. I feel very comfortable drafting around in round eight, the 12 team leagues. I mean, I think he's I think he's a star still. Um, I don't I don't understand how his offensive skill position players all go in the top, basically top 50. But you don't expect Jared Goff to have a great season. Like that's not gonna happen. Like Jared Goff is gonna have a great season. He might not be a great court. He might not be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's in the right system under Sean McVay, mm-hmm. and he's going to put up points, especially for fantasy. That's true. That's Last true. year, up through 14 weeks of the season, he was a he was QB6, averaging 22 points a season. Yeah, you might have got burned by him after that, after you averaged 9 points in the final, yeah, basically was, the playoffs. So I can see why. Me. It, it's scary, definitely, and that's probably what's you know, in your guys' mind right now, that he's probably not a great quarterback. Well, he's an okay quarterback, but he gets the job done in fantasy. He's in a great offense. Uh, he's definitely a much better home quarterback. So if you want to set up, you know, like a little like Big Ben, Jared Goff kind of situation where they both play very well at home, that's a great option right there. Um, hopefully, you know, having Todd Gurley back should help open that up a little bit. Um, again, he's going around somewhere in the ninth round right now. I mean, that's a that's a solid quarterback right there if you can get in the ninth round and pl- play most of the season for you. Kyler Murray or Jared Goff? Kyle, uh, Kyle Murray, no. Jared Goff, for <laughs> sure. Jared Goff, for sure. I think he's definitely the one I take over that. So, But, again, uh, let's get into the running back situation because that's a great big question mark going through everyone's mind this offseason. What the hell do you all do with uh, Todd Gurley? Gives me nightmares. (laughs) Gives me nightmares, too. He's a second-round guy right now. Unfortunately, you just can't trust the knee. And they're not going to tell you if the knee's really great. I've heard reports the knee's not looking good, and then I hear reports the knee's are looking great. So it's really hard to really, like, know what's going to happen until you draft him. So you basically, like, suck it up, take the risk, and take him in the second round. And he actually moved up a little bit due to the whole Zeke and Melvin Gordon holdouts right now because he's playing. But, um, you know, I'm taking him if I can. I think he's going to be one of the biggest boom-bust kind of players because he's either going to be amazing for you this season, a great value in the second round, or he's going to get hurt and not play, and then you're like, shoot, I just lost my second-round pick because of an injury. 
But that's the risk you have to take with Todd Gurley. He's either going to give you a top two potential or he's going to give you injury. Yeah, you hit it right on the nail. Like, Todd Gurley has been the second coming of, like, Ladinia Thompson since Sean McVay took over as coach for, like, the L.A. Rams. But we know how it last year ended. He was under maintenance at the end of last this season all the way to the Super Bowl. And, like, like you said, like, everyone has their opinions where you feel like you want to draft Todd Gurley, whether it's been in the early first round. Like, earlier this year, he was probably going, like, round, I mean, pick six or something. Yeah. Then, like, maybe mid-May, uh, mid when the reports were negative, he was going 19. I saw him as late as 19. And then now it kind of stabilized, and he's going, like, God, maybe, like, early, like, the mid-15s, 14. So, like, it's kind of, like, going down, going up. But still, like, that functionation is not good. Like, it kind of, like, gives me what Warriors, like, kind of like a stock. Like, it's very volatile. Yeah, very much so. So, um, yeah, the, the reports have been kind of, like, positive, but, like, I'm not buying into it. I don't want to be the guy who has a exploding grenade, and when that grenade explodes, just have egg on my face, you know? <laughs> can't trade him. Can't do nothing. Like, me? No. Oh, I was going to get Daryl Henderson, you know? Well, that's the next big question. Are you going, Mal- uh, who's the backup, Malcolm Brown and uh, Daryl Henderson? I'm following what they paid the draft app capital for. I'm going with Darren Henderson. But they paid Malcolm Brown the money for a backup role. That's significantly a lot for a backup. Yeah, so, and it's the NFL. They also could cut him. They could cut him. <laughs> <laughs> they could cut him. I mean, Malcolm Brown hasn't really ever shown something that that like wow, he's about to be the next breakout guy. Um, if Gurley goes down, I think it. I think it's going to be a split role. If Gurley goes down, Henderson. Had you know solid production college, hence why they like drafted him. You know, if Todd Gurley anything is definitely concerned to them, especially bringing back Malcolm Brown on the money and drafting Henderson. But if Curley goes down, I think it's like more of a split backfield. But I think Henderson has the higher upside, so you know I would go with Henderson too, Jib. So I'll give you that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, he's going later in drafts, but like he's definitely been. A high riser too, maybe like his thing could like kind of stabilize and go backwards, but he kind of goes up. Like if you want to get that handcuff, you get Todd Gurley, you better get there to him. <laughs> Just get make that handcuff, known. Guys. Get, get your handcuff for your like stud running back. Yeah, well, uh, in the running back situation is a little murky compared to the wide receiving core, where you could get anyone and you might have a great red receiver right there. And we're talking about Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and Cooper Cup, all going in the top 50 in most of your drafts. And I love all three players, honestly. Um, if I had to rank them, I'm ranking them uh, Woods, Cook, and then Cup, just like most people would. Maybe Ding, but... ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I mean, like, they're great. I mean... I think Cooks might take a slight hit down maybe this year. It's really confusing because in the first six weeks of the season when Cooper's, Cooper was playing, you know, they were both, him and Woods were actually leading the way. They were, like, very high top 20 receivers, and Cooks was the only one that was on the outside looking in. And then if you look at it through week, week eight, I mean, they were all top 20 at that point. And I think that was usually due because of Cooper. Cup was out a couple games at that point. And then once Cup left, 
Cooks just benefited completely from it. And so did Woods, because Woods actually slipped into that slot role and just dominated. And then Cooks, mm-hmm. I think, either with you know time and connection with golf or just having the opportunity, he they both benefited, and they all you know were very consistent. Um, I think any one of them you could take, and they're all going to be... St- I think Woods or Cooks could be steals in the fourth or fifth round that you're getting them right now, that they could you know, potentially be a top, you know, top 15 receiver for you this year. Jibs, what are you feeling about these guys? Do you like all three of these guys like I do? I love all three of them. You hit that, like, I agree with you in your order of the, your rankings. Uh, but you can't go wrong with them. You're, you're going to spend the most, it seems you're going to spend the most draft capital on Cooks, followed by Woods and Cup. I like Woods the most, like you said. Then Cooks, then Cup, and the Rams run the most uh, eleven personnel in the league, which is the three wide receiver sets that are all going to be on the field. Yes, they are. Like the profiles of the receivers, Cooks is more like a deep threat receiver. Probably had the most yards due to his playing style, but he's very volatile. He has like the most boomer bust potential on the team. Then Woods, he's the most consistent receiver. He has a steady flow of catches and targets, I feel like. Then Cup is a, he's a slot receiver, like you said. He does get his flow of targets, but he also is a, he has high touchdown upside, as you've seen like the last couple of years when he was playing when he was healthy, too. So Either or, can't go wrong, like, like you said. They're all yeah. going in the same range or around apart between Cooks to Cup, so... Pick your, pick your poison. Yeah, pick your poison. It depends where you're at in your draft and where you like to go. I mean, all three can have a really successful season. Again, this offense is going to be a top five offense, guys. Take the top five offenses in your fantasy draft because they're going to put up fantasy points. Uh, unfortunately, one position is not going to put up fantasy points like the rest of them, and that's a tight end position. And, oh, hold on a second, guys. Just got a breaking they, news. They, they block well. Just got a breaking news real quick. Uh Kiki Kuti immediately grabbing his right knee after being carted <laughs> off the field. No. Oh, man. Maybe the Duke Johnson train is actually real. Oh, man. Well, hopefully we'll have more about that, guys. Uh, uh, but back into Jared Everett. Um, you know, he played better when Coop, uh, Cup left due to injury the rest of the season. But I just don't think they're going to they – I just don't think he's part of their game plan. He's just kind of there. He's going to get, like, 300 yards – you know, a couple touchdowns here and there. I think the only way he really makes a fantasy impact if he becomes like a touchdown machine somehow. Um, but you know, he's someone else you're not tra- you're not targeting your drafts, guys. Um, leave him alone. Leave him alone, basically. Yeah. So I mean, that's most everything for the Rams. Uh, Josh Reynolds, if you had a deeper man league, you know, he could have some kind of value maybe on week- some certain weeks. But besides that, I mean, the Rams are great. They have great players. Oh, and just a little n- nugget. Uh, Robert Woods was number ten in standard, number eleven in PPR last year. Cooks was thirteen in both formats. So, just to see, show, I have a breakdown. So, Coach Jim is basically saying, "Draft him, guys. Draft him. Don't be dumb." <laughs> and Cooper Cup, even through a short season, he finished forty-seven and fifty-five, fifty-one. So, it shows a lot. It shows a lot. But let's go uh, a little bit north. So good old Seattle. Uh, Seattle has a lot of potential this year with Russell Wilson back at the helm being one of the top paid quarterbacks finally. 
um, an amazing running back core of Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. And then they have some uh, not-so-experienced uh, wide receiver core in Tyrell Lockett, David Moore, DK Metcalf, uh, Jerron Brown, I believe this guy named Gray, Gary Jennings sitting out there too. And then they have a well another tight end debacle again, unfortunately, and Will Disley and Nick Fournette and Ed Dixon. Uh, Jibs, let's start again with the quarterback situation. Uh, Russell Wilson had an amazing year last year, and unfortunately statistics that might not be able to repeatable. <laughs> um, <laughs> how are you feeling about Russell this year? Uh, if the offense continues like what it was last year, I do not like Russell Wilson. He's literally one of my favorite NFL quarterbacks to watch, but I'm kind of low on him this year. The new offense to see off the field last year was more run-oriented. They ran the ball over 50% of the time last year, but puts a damper on Russell Wilson's pass attempts. Yeah, he finished QB9 last year, but he needed to be hyper-efficient to do so. He threw a touchdown pass on every 12.2 passes, which is crazy. He's being drafted as a top-10 QB, and I don't want anything to do with him. <laughs> I'd rather get a QB who has passing upside with attempts and both yards because I don't want to lose a random week because Russell Wilson threw 20 passes, completed 20 passes on like t- for 200 yards. His like stat line average last year was 26 attempts, 17.5 completions, and 215.5 yards a game. You can't win games like that. He had a season high in completions of 26, and he had 39 attempts. By the way, that wasn't even his best game of the year. <laughs> Give me Lamar Jackson, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, unfortunately, Russell Poole putting up absurd number, numbers last year that aren't going to be repeated, especially the way the offense is running now. They want the running backs to be more involved in the games. Their receiving core isn't as experienced as it once was, especially with the loss of Doug Baldwin retiring this season. Um, there's no way he's keeping up that touchdown uh, rate, Jibs. It's, it's just going to go down. His rushing has gone down over the year, too. So, I mean, I've always loved Russ, but, like, I'm not about him this year. He's just, you guys just look other look other places with a higher passing league. This is a passing league nowadays, guys. Like, Russ is not involved in that passing life right now, unfortunately. And um, I'm staying away from him. Just like you said, Jibs. But um, let's get into some people who, myself at least, is fully involved in. And that's both Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Um, oh my god, I love I love Chris Carson. I love Rashad Penny. I mean, it doesn't get any better, you know. You know, Chris Carson had over 200 carries last year. He should see that again. And, you know, from weeks 11 on, he was a top five back. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm so mad. At one point, I think I traded him and... Biggest regret I ever made in my entire life. Um, and those out there who might think, well, you know, Rashad Penny is being hyped up and talked about. He's going to take over. I don't think that's true. I think they're going to both be on the field very much at the same time. And there was one, Mr. Mike Davis, that was there last year who was getting like a – who had like over 100 carry, carries last year. 112 I think, to be exact. 112 carries last year. And I think those get split maybe more towards Penny's way a little bit, but – I think they're both very relevant players who both should have a lot of success in the backfield. Um, I think Penny gets a lot of the passing down, but I've also heard that Chris Carson's getting a lot of passing opportunities. So um, 
you know, you can get Carson in the fifth or sixth, and you get Penny in the ninth. I could go either way, depending where I'm at in the draft, and I could get one of those in the five or six or the ninth. They're both great values to me. Uh, Jibs, you know, how are you feeling about this backfield? It's like you, you said, you're either on Team Carson or team, team Petty. I was on Team Penny earlier this year with all the early hype. But, like, I, I'm singing a different tune now. I, I'm on the, the Chris Carson train. Like you said, you get him late in the later rounds as, like, a guy who's getting 200-plus carries. Sign me up for that. He could get, like last year, he got 4.6 yards per carry. Nice. Nine touchdowns. Nice. More than 1,100 yards. Nice. Nice. Sign me up. Put me on the script. <laughs> All right. And I like Penny as well. He could be a cheaper alternative if you want some stakes in his backfield. Remember, like you said, Mike Davis is gone. 112 carries are split up between those two. Penny only had 82 carries, no, 85 carries last year, so th- give him 70 of those carries. It puts him at a buck 50. He could return flex value in 12 team leagues for sure, just because the offense runs the ball so much. He can't get all those carries. Chris Carson, he could get hurt. Bang, you have a pretty much RB1 in a freaking high volume run offense. Basically, and you guys, if you don't take these running backs, I mean, if you're taking that approach where you don't zero RBs in the beginning, these are great running backs to grab late because this is a running team. It's not a passing team. They're going to run the ball all day and every day, which unfortunately affects our next point, and that's the receiving core there. Uh, Jibs, who do you like out of the bunch? Is there a sleeper out of this bunch you like? You know, DJ Medcap is there, Mr. Muscles. You know, like, um, who are you, who are you like, liking in this backfield? Who are you taking a shot on? I hate Russell Wilson. I hate this backfield. I mean, <laughs> this receiving field. I'm taking a shot on Tyler Lockett just because he's the only proven guy. But other than that, I just don't think there's enough volume for someone other than Tyler Lockett to be fantasy relevant, basically. Like, last year, you're, what were we doing? Like, who who is it? Um, Mike Davis? Mike Davis, yes. Yeah, Mike Davis and... and um, other guy, I can't remember the guy's name. David Moore, are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, Mike David Davis Moore. and David Moore. Alternate every week. It was like, oh, picking up one guy on the waiver wire, and then you drop him. You're picking up the other guy on the waiver wire, then drop him. Like, it's just like, I, I'm not playing that roulette game, roulette this year again. You take Ty Lockett, he's going to be their number one receiver on this offense. Someone has to get the balls from Russell Wilson. He's going to be playing all over the field. He's not going to be just a slot receiver. He's going to be outside, inside. So he's going to have, like, a lot of different, like, approaches to get his, like, catches. So you take him, worry about the other guys later. DK Metcalf, Dynasty. <laughs> DK Metcalf, Dynasty. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I do like Lockett this year again. You know, he did have an absurd touchdown rate, similar to those of Mike Williams from San Diego. Um He's the number one receiver now on this team. Um, and you gotta take the number one receiver on this team still. Um, they're definitely gonna he's definitely has some value. I do like, you know, someone maybe stepping up and having a decent season, more a flex option, either like David Moore or Jerome Brown stepping up, both very uh active this uh off season and doing very well. I don't think Metcalf's gonna do as great. Um, he's going to have his, like, moments where he has a hop, like, 100 yards and a touchdown, and people are going to scoop him up like crazy. But, you know, for draft purposes, you know, I'm sticking with Lockett. 
Um, if you want to take a shot at Metcalf late, go for it. But I've always known that if you take a rookie court receiver in your drafts, 90% of the time they don't do anything for the first month or two, and you drop them because you need the spot, and then boom, week 10 comes around, and boom, there you go. They go start going off. So uh, stick, stick to lock it. Again, if you're in the deeper leagues, you're going to have to take Metcalf, and you're going to get great, great options in David Moore and Jerron Brown. And again, Gary Jennings is someone you might want to also look at. He's been a very fan favorite of coaches, of the, of the coaching staff this year. So, um, again, this this team and the receiving core is not someone you really want early on. And I'm sticking with Lockett. But uh, get into another position. Unfortunately, the NFC West has no good mediocre tight ends, but there is one. But um, Mr. Will Disley and Nick Burnett. I mean, Jibs, I don't really have much to say about these guys. Well, Ed Dixon's hurt, so you guys don't have to worry about him. He's probably going to be out for the first couple weeks of the season. These uh, guys are FanDuel players of the week. <laughs> and these guys are the ones who win you like those crazy jackpots, basically, because you just picked them because you only had like $4,000 left in your like, whole like team salary. <laughs> Very much so. Um Will Disley did have a couple of good games beginning of the season mm-hmm. last year. That he did. Um, Nick Vanette at this point hasn't shown that he can be take that next step going into his fourth season now. So again, this isn't a tight end core you're going for to draft at all. Um, but let's see. I mean, one thing to know <laughs> just about Seattle Seahawks in general is that Russell Wilson had a perfect quarterback rating when throwing the locket. Just so you know, if you didn't know about that, he had a perfect quarterback rating. So keep that in mind um, for Lockett's potentials you're drafting this year. But let's get to our last team. And this is actually is a team that actually has a great tight end core. Um, but we'll start with the you know the whole breakdown first. Uh, Jimmy G's back after an injury, played season. Uh, they have a super-duper-duper duper crowded backfield. <laughs> and Devin Coleman, Jared McKinnon, uh, who we talked about already, Matt Burita, Rashid Mustard, and Jeff Wilson, I think, is also there still. It's a lunch line. Again, I also it also deals with their receiving core, too. And Dennis Dennis Pitta. Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis. Oh, my, oh God. Dante Pettis, D.D. Samuel. Debo uh, Samuel, oh Marquise Goodwin, Trent Taylor, and Jalen Hurd. And then the round out the position, we got George Kittle. Oh, God, guys. It's been a long day. I think it's after beer number one that got me a little bit there. But, uh, yeah, what just Jib Jib said, um, those who are the receiving core positions. So let's get back to Jimmy G, Jibs, because uh, Jimmy G is an interesting prospect. Sleeper. As you just said, he's a sleeper for you, so. <laughs> sleeper. I mean, back in 2017, I mean, he was a top 11 quarterback finishing out the season, um, and he came in this year, you know, expected big things, just like this past season, but he was only quarterback 19 through three weeks before his injury. So, you know, it has me a bit concerned that he maybe isn't that franchise quarterback, unfortunately. I mean, he's got the weapons around him now, and he's got the right coach to, like, get into the next step. But, you know, I don't know, Jibs. I don't know. I, I want to feel like he's a sleeper, but I just, I just can't do it right he's now. Just, he's not going to blow the top off the can. He's not going to be the quarterback one at the end of the season. We all know that. I don't think he's going to be a top five, but I definitely think he's going to be a top 12 quarterback. He could be a top 12 quarterback. He's he's not like he's not going to hurt your team. 
Like, he's a quarterback. Like, he may be on your waivers, depending on your league size. Yeah. 12-team leagues, he's definitely a quarterback. He could just put it on the bench and then see how he goes. Kyle Shanahan knows how to do this, do offense, offensive work. So, be honest, I just think he will return some value to some owners this year. That's why I'm giving him the sleeper status. Yeah, I mean, I guess since he's going to be late in drafts, I mean, that definitely gives you the sleeperness. But I, I just don't like him still, unfortunately. I, I want to see it actually on the field. Put up 16 games, and we'll see what happens. But, like, think about it, though. Like, would you ever have Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins? I'd have Kirk Cousins. Or you have Jimmy G or Josh Allen? I'd have Josh Allen. Wow. I like both these players over Jimmy G, unfortunately. Derek Carr? No, not not that Antonio Brown's a little banged up. I wouldn't. I would take Jimmy G over Derek Carr. Matt Stafford. Mm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Uh, probably Jimmy G. <laughs> Jimmy G. And then uh, obviously Dak Prescott. Oh, Dak! Yeah. Come on, I love Dak. You know, I wrote an article about Dak. Come on, I love Lamar I love Jackson. Dak. Lamar Jackson won five or six in his first uh, series and threw a touchdown without rushing. So. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I kind of like him. All right. Well, Jimmy G's got to have like a tough work to get the 12. He's not going to be in my – he's not on my board right now. Uh, but, yeah, two QB leagues, uh, deeper leagues definitely, but not course, in a yeah. 10-team, 12-team. Not as your first quarterback, of course. So get some before that. <laughs> Unless you're you're sleeping in the draft, you haven't picked the quarterback by then. No idea. But let's get into this crazy, crazy carousel of running backs – uh, Jibs, Tevin can we? Coleman. Okay, <laughs> can we assume Tevin Coleman is the lead back here? Yes, he has the most experience with the offense. Um, he's the veteran in the group. He's definitely going to get the ball most of the drives. I think if you're drafting him, he's someone you're not going to take until like round seven or eight, where he's going right now. He's Coleman's, shooting up though. He's shooting up a little bit, yeah. Especially with McKinnon being out, possibly. Um, that's definitely going to be a great thing for him. Um, Matt Breida, possible sleeper. I mean, he was Mr. Like, I don't care if I'm injured, I'm playing, and performed kind of guy. Yes. Uh, he was question mark almost every week on my uh, fantasy team, and I threw him in and see what happened, and he performed well most weeks. You had that one week where he burnt owners, though, too. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. He played and, like, didn't even play. But, um... He's definitely someone you could target very late at the end of your draft and maybe have that opportunity. Because if someone goes down, I mean, it's just next man up opportunity. And last year, you know, next man down, you know, fantasy star. Next man down, fantasy star. Um, again, the last two players in Mustard and Wilson, I mean, they're not going to get the opportunities, even though I believe, who was paid? Was it Mustard? Uh, was I think he was paid. I think he was paid. I mean, both these guys... I just think they're going to they be pay on the back. all running backs. Yeah, they're going to keep all five because they don't want to need the injuries. All of these guys can get injured very easily, so they're going to keep everyone. That's for sure. So if you're drafting, Coleman early-ish. When I mean early-ish, I mean eight. And Matt Breida late. Very late. Um, let's go into the next carousel, Jibs. <laughs> uh, the receiving core. Um, is Pettis your number one guy there? Yeah, just if we're gonna look on, I looked on like countless fantasy websites, and the consensus on like the industry just loves Dante Pettis, and I'm damn right on this train as well. <laughs> I believe he will be a wide receiver too this year, not like a high end one, but he definitely could be a lower end wide receiver too. Um, 
I mean, through through weeks twelve to sixteen, he was a top ten receiver in that time frame, and yeah. you know, he's going in the middle of rounds, and he's going to have great production, I think. Um, as for the rookies, do you like? I mean, D- Debo Samuel's and Jalen Hurd. I, I just don't think they're going to get the playing time that you want to draft them early. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think they're like fantasy relevant yet. Yeah, you, you gotta like wait and see on these guys. Like receivers don't often bloom the first year. They're not gonna yeah. catch, especially in the first couple of months of the season. No, they don't usually play well. So. And Marquise Goodwin, I mean, I think he's a pretty much fell off from this team. Yeah, and he recently got hurt as well, too. He's an injury guy, so I think... Very injury I don't think he's really uh, has the value. Again, guys, I think for me and Joe's both agree that uh, Pettis is the only one you're drafting early. And, again, if you want to take a shot on Samuels or something like that late, go for it. I mean, but, like, just, just know that he's probably not going to get the opportunity early on. It's the Kittle show, guys. Yeah, it's the jo- it's the George Kittle show. George Kittle, amazing, broke the record for the tight end position, thirteen hundred yards. I mean, come on, like he broke out and he broke out in a big way. And he didn't just break out; he broke out using multiple quarterbacks last year, and not great quarterbacks, quarterbacks that are like second and third strings on most teams. I mean, if I can get him in the fourth round. That'd be amazing because I just feel like maybe his opportunity and targets come down just a slight bit. I mean, he did have 191 yards with Jimmy G in the three games, but you know maybe that comes down just a bit. I don't know if he's going to get 1,300 yards again this season. Um, but if I give him in round four, that'd be amazing. But I, I love George Kittle this year to do what he did last year, so... Like you said, I think there will be regression, of course. He did have some crazy monster yards after the catch touchdowns when he's just like a, a deer just running down the field. I mean, more of a gazelle running down the field. So he may not have the same similar production, but he will have top three tight end production. Absolutely. He's a top three tight end in this league. So no get him where you can. Get that positional advantage and um, hope that you will have your stud tight end on the team. So, And he's definitely going to get the same amount of uh, shares of his uh, catches, too. So I don't see that going away. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, the only other thing I can think of, I mean, Debo Samuels is definitely going to be playing in the slot. So look mm-hmm. out for that. Um, but, I mean... The West has an interesting, you know, interesting players that you know have fantasy relevance to them. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's really it. I have on uh, the whole NFC West. I mean, they're a great division. They're gonna be competitive this year. They're gonna give you fantasy production. Um, I mean, the last thing we have to say is like, you know. We're doing a lot of things over here at the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. Um, we're doing a lot of things, hopefully, during the season to help you guys out. We're going to be doing at least two podcasts a week on the most important parts. We're going to have articles out there on the you know in-betweens. We have two writers now on our uh, boards we're very excited about using. Um, they're both going to give us some fun, interesting, light content and some, you know, some important content as well. And, you know, 
definitely want to check out one that's up there right now before your drafts. Um, one of our writers did a draft day etiquette. Pretty funny, but it's also very informative, especially for those people who might be slacking in your fantasy drafts. Um, definitely a great read. Um, our rankings are going up. Um, Jibs' rankings will be up very shortly. My rankings are just up there now. We're going to hopefully have them updated from, you know, as much as we possibly can. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys listening because that's all we want. Um, we might have some, you know, some partnerships coming in the work real soon, so I'll keep that on the lowdown for now, but we might have some things coming up, maybe some giveaways. Uh, we're looking to do a lot for you guys, and we want to do this because we enjoy it. Right, Jibs? We enjoy doing this. This is Oh, for sure. This We love talking fantasy football, and like we want to make you guys champs, like just like we do in our leagues most years. So we want to make you guys champs. We love being champs. So, um, Jibs, do you have anything else left to say to the listeners? We're trying to just get you past the edge. Like Definitely not like the guys that are playing in our leagues. I, I want to beat you guys. So if you're listening, you know I'm coming for you. But like your other leagues, we want you guys to win that trip. We want you to bring home that, that cash money. And that bragging rights for the whole year, you know? So we're going to have a few guests coming soon. Uh, we'll definitely have some great content coming, of course. So you guys be out. Stay tuned. Be on the lookout for that. And uh, this is Hot Take Concho signing out. Yeah, guys. Have a great one now. We'll see you real soon. Take care.